Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. And I am your host, Dustin Gold. All right, folks, is this fun or what? Breaking down and analyzing two of the military's fine mad scientist, Dr. Frankenstein's, Dr. Peter Emanuel and Dr. Diane Dulius on Left of Boom, Military.com's podcast. And they're talking about the Cyborg Soldier 2050 paper. All right, I'm going to pick up right where we left off. But uh, remember, as I said, they're going to continue to use these technologies that we've already adopted they've already sold to us that are already normalized they're already humanized we've already been desensitized to them and they're going to use those as justification to move us further into the merger of man and machine Um, and then we go a little beyond that right and you can have an operation that fixes the shape of your lens of your eye if it doesn't enable you to see with perfect acuity right so We've been doing those kinds of things for warfighters already. So it's just taking it to that next level and giving the application of technology to expand um, what's possible in in the visual spectrum. Um, so, Peter, I don't know. I don't know what you think about that or what you want to add to that one. So, I- OK, so, you know where she stands, right? You've got that down. OK, so we know Dr. Diane Dulius agrees with this stuff. She just said it. She just said, you wear contact lenses, you wear glasses, uh, you have surgeries done to fix the, fix the lenses in your eye, so it's just a matter of taking it to the next step, folks. It's just a matter of now fully merging man and machine. It's just a matter of cutting a hole in your head and implanting a brain-machine interface, a Elon Musk Neuralink. So we know where she stands. And we know where Dr. Peter Emanuel stands because he opened the show by 
effectively saying that the fourth industrial revolution was inevitable and then calling us infant cyborgs and saying that because we carry a phone, as I keep repeating Elon Musk and Dennis Bushnell, the uh, chief scientist at NASA for the last 40 years has said. So we've got their number, folks. We know who they are. We know who they are. They are not on our side, not on the side of humanity. They are ready to merge man and machine. All right, let's continue here. Remember, in the we were having this was an interesting discussion. Diane's absolutely right. This one and 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 one of the other vignettes, it really had to deal with the willingness of the individual to uh, adopt this enhancement. And this one's an interesting one to lead off with because it jumps right into a very meaty issue about whether you would take somebody who had lost their sight and they would be much more willing. Hey, look, I'm blind. If you can restore any semblance of vision, I'm okay with that. But then uh, we had a very deep uh, ethical conversation about what, what happens when the technology gets to a point where the ocular enhancement is superior it's so, uh, to the... Okay, okay, we have to pause that there. And I have to keep pausing because there is so much intelligence we're picking up uh, when we let them speak for so long and then it's going to get lost. So I'm going to roll this back because there's a couple pieces we have to address here. ...individual to uh, adopt this enhancement. And this one's an interesting... Okay, so he's talking about throughout their study and their research... They were looking into the willingness of an individual to adopt whatever specific technology that they're discussing at the time. In this case, we're talking about the ocular enhancements. All right. So you got that, right? This is about the willingness of the individual to adopt the technology, which I talk about all the time, the adoption campaign. And I talk about how they utilize... Uh, people with debilitating illnesses or injuries uh, throughout many of the news pieces, the propaganda pieces that we've reviewed on this show throughout uh, various of the episodes, right? And so they utilize those people to tug at the heartstrings of, you know, people like ourselves, sympathetic, compassionate people, and they play to our human emotions. So we say, okay, they're developing an Iron Man exoskeleton suit to help this little boy walk again. And then we're willing to say, okay, we're on board with that. We understand. Uh, all right. Let's just, uh, and, and I could compare this to other issues going on in the social world, but. Um, I just don't, I don't want to go into a tangent on, uh, on abortion, but just think about abortion and cases in which abortion are used. So they can utilize, if they're trying to advance the idea of abortion up until the day the baby's born, they can utilize issues like, you know, rape and incest and such um, to justify that. And this is what they're doing here. So he's saying we had to look at the willingness of the individual to adopt the technology we're trying to push. All right, it's very important because just listen carefully to his next sentence. I'm gonna lead off with because it jumps right into a very meaty issue about whether you would take somebody who had lost their sight and they would be much more willing. Hey, look, I'm blind. If you can restore any semblance of vision, I'm okay with that. Okay, pause, pause, there we go, there we go. So that's just what I told you, right? So it's tugging at the heartstrings of 
compassionate people playing to the human emotion. But at the same time, they are getting the person who has paralysis or dementia or uh, lost use of their limbs, or in this particular case, someone who went blind, and they're able to convince them to become the guinea pig, similar to what Dr. Peter Scott Morgan did to himself, right? Because he ended up with ALS. He was willing to cut out his own organs and take out his voice box to try to cheat death. So you take someone who's blind, who now raises their hand and says, I'll be part of the human trial. So the point I brought up earlier in the show with my discussion with the uh, friend of the show at pain.tv slash gold and on Twitter, we were discussing people with uh, MLS. And so I said, the more that I listen to these guys talk, these mad scientists, the more we cover these stories, the more I wonder if they create intentionally some of the situations, some of these medical issues, uh, like sending guys into war and causing PTSD, and then they have an ability to bring them back and get them to agree with letting them put brain implants into their head or getting them to take psychedelic mushrooms as they're now using for PTSD. Of course, Peter Thiel and those guys are involved with that industry as well. So if they can create the problem uh, and create more injured people in varying uh, capacities, uh, can they then convince those people to be part of human trials? And they now could utilize them to be guinea pigs for these experiments, not because the end goal is to give sight to all blind people, but the end goal may to be to create super soldiers with, you know, the, the eyesight of a tiger uh, or a hawk, or maybe it's for the enhancements that these technocratic transhumanists are developing for themselves for whatever future race that they see uh, going beyond human whatever kind of uh, being they're going to grow inside of a lab, inside of a synthetic womb, to create an army of people to live on Mars, as Elon Musk wants, or to live in space, as Jeff Bezos has talked about. So are they creating the problem, sending people into combat to bring back a bunch of injured people to run Frankenstein experiments on? All right. Are they uh, creating a planet full of germaphobes because of covid because then they could further run experiments on them convincing them to take shot after shot after shot again as i said earlier the problem reaction solution is not one dimensional okay there's thousands of these problem reaction solutions being run at all times and they're gaining multiple levels of analytics to run metrics to see what works, what doesn't work, both in the scientific experiments, but also in the psychological warfare, the social engineering that comes with each of these uh, programs that they're running. Again, the government does psychological warfare operations as Dr. Charles Morgan III has right on his resume that he specializes in psychological operations. All right, let's continue. But then uh, we had a very deep, uh, ethical conversation about what what happens when the technology gets to a point where the ocular enhancement is superior it's so uh to the okay so he's saying they had this deep ethical conversation probably with the people that we're going to review in the next podcast which you will see are not very ethical people to begin with they're not really there to try to stop this technology they have accepted that the technology is inevitable 
They just say to basically what degree are we going to roll it out. So now he's saying they've had an ethical conversation in regards to what happens when the enhancement far exceeds sort of the baseline uh, for sight. So say the baseline is... Uh, okay, so say the baseline is that a human could run on average at three miles per hour, but if we give him bionic legs and he could run at 100 miles per hour, now you've created a superhuman. You weren't just repairing um, some deficiency that they developed and now making them like the average human. You're actually creating a Marvel superhero. Let's continue. The vision that I would see. So technologically, as we advance... I only see in the visual range, but if if the enhancement allows you to see in multiple spectra and to see it greater uh, with greater acuity, and if somebody were to approach you and say, "I have healthy eyes, and yet I I want this enhancement," and 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 that's even in a societal conversation, that's a very uh, complicated issue. Okay, so that's what he's talking about, what I just mentioned, like a man with bionic legs. So he's saying, what if Dustin here, who has uh, somewhat perfect vision, I come to Dr. Peter Emanuel and I want the enhancement. I want to have my eyes replaced with a lens of a hawk and have my brain rewired so that I can see, you know, 40 miles away. But the average person could see a mile away, let's say. So that's an ethical conversation that they had as if these people care about ethics while they're developing and promoting the merger of man and machine. Do you see this? You can't let them double talk, folks, because they've already admitted they're on board with the fourth industrial revolution, which is the merger of the physical, biological, and digital. They've already tried to throw the propaganda out there that we are already infant cyborgs because we carry around the smartphone they gave us. And that we could basically not operate without in this world. Not if you have a job. And so now they're trying to say, oh, we've had these ethical conversations about whether or not we should give someone Hawkeyes. All right, folks, just think about it. This stuff is so much to absorb, but it's very, very important that you understand this before we get to Biden's executive order, which is what everyone has wanted me to talk about. But I don't think I want to talk about it yet until I have a clear understanding of what the government is already doing, what they've admitted to doing. And this is only small scale. I could never cover everything they're doing. It would take me 100 years. So try to absorb this, understand what these people are talking about. When we get back, we're going to continue. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen, all right, we are now getting into Dr. Peter Manuel talking about the ethical question that if the enhancement they're going to give you far outweighs, far exceeds the norm, the average of another human in a particular area, like let's say they're talking about sight. So if they're going to give you Hawkeyes, you know, is that ethical considering the average person does not have Hawkeyes? So we're going to pick up right where we left off. Here we go. Um, But in a military context, you have to ask yourself, What's the military's uh, obligation there? Or if there's, a, if there's a tactical advantage, what are the ethical implications for the DOD taking a young soldier voluntarily but undergoing this kind of a modification? So um, it's not simply just an issue of can you and, and, and can't you. It's a will you and a won't you issue. Okay, so that's very similar, that statement he made. It's not a can you... Or can't you? It's a will you or won't you? And so you're going to hear that from the people who discuss ethics uh, around these issues in the next podcast where they say it's not a question of if we can do it. It's when we can do it and to what extent we can do it. And as you saw Dr. Charles Morgan III in this same arena here, these guys who look into the emerging technologies and develop assessment reports for the government uh, on where we're at, where we're going, what we can do. As he has said on many of these topics, it's not a matter of if we can do it. We can basically do everything. Um, You also saw the gentleman who created Second Life, the first sort of big mass uh, marketed uh, immersive world on the World Economic Forum conference on the metaverse talking about technologically we can basically do everything. So you're seeing the technocrats and the transhumanists in all of these examples I'm pulling up from you uh, where I'm not specifically looking for this stuff, but you hear them. They're braggadocious. They know they can do it. And you ask yourself how Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the Fourth Industrial Revolution and the World Economic Forum, can get away with standing on a stage in front of a group full of powerful, influential, wealthy, wealthy people from all of these different walks of life, really heads of state, um, presidents of trade associations and unions, uh, professors, deans of colleges and universities, businessmen, investors, CEOs, and such, and sit there and say, we are hackable animals. Well, he's saying that uh, because, one, he was called a prophet by Barack Obama. He sat down with Mark Zuckerberg. These guys praise him and his book, Sapien. But he can stand there and call us hackable animals and show a formula up on screen about how they can hack us and then confidently say in his mind and in their belief that we have no soul. You have no soul. You have no free will. You have no spirit. Those days are over. We can hack you. You're a useless human. You're a hackable animal. He can get away with saying that stuff because these guys are all on board with this. All these governments are on board with this, and they truly believe they have the capabilities to hack humans 
which they call us hackable animals because they don't even believe we are humans. Or at least in their mind, they operate in a transhuman mindset, also called post-humanism, which is operating under the belief that humans are inevitably gone. And that's why I say they're going to engineer us out of existence. Years ago, I uh, hosted a few speeches by a dear friend of mine. I need to reach out to him. I met him through the uh, fighting against illegal immigration. And his name was Dr. Steven Steinlight. He was from the Center for Immigration Studies. And he used to give a speech about how all of, at the time, these sort of far-left progressives were what he called post-American and the concept was that to them, America was already dead. It was already gone. And so he referred to them as post-Americans. Their belief in the Constitution, in the uh, nation state, in this country, and its founding principles was gone. America was finished. It was over. And so he would refer to them as post-Americans. Well, in the transhuman space, these people were also referred to as post-humans because in the mind of these technocratic scientists and engineers, humanity is gone. They've already made the decision that they're going to engineer us out of existence. Now, why are they developing these cyborg super soldier programs the synthetic wombs the designer babies and all this stuff it's not to make humanity better it is the goal of they are going to develop some sort of other race they believe some sort of super race that they will be part of i told you they've deemed humans to be ineffective inefficient and so they want to streamline humanity by engineering humanity out of existence, and all this plays a part in it. Now, I don't know personally if Dr. Peter Emanuel and Dr. Diane Duilius know this or understand this. For all I know, they could just believe they're part of uh, building Captain America. I mean, maybe these guys live in such a bubble, such an academic bubble within the military, that they go home at night and they eat dinner with their children. And they just think they're uh, building a Wolverine to help save America in some future war in the deserts of Afghanistan. I don't know. Maybe. I will never know their true intention. But I know the intention of the overall system and the overall ideology. Because some of them, as we will get into in the future, make it very clear. People like Ray Kurzweil make it very clear what he's trying to do. Others talk about uh, humans like we're garbage, like Yuval Noah Harari. So if that guy can get up in a room and speak to the most powerful people, the wealthiest people, the most influential people on earth, and say the things he says, then they have to be on board with it. Because when he says a human is a hackable animal, as far as I know and you know, the people sitting in that room with him are also humans. So... If I'm just some billionaire CEO who's not part of this system, and this guy, this little pipsqueak gets up there and calls me a hackable animal and says he can hack my brain, I have no soul, I have no free will, I have no spirit, uh, and if I don't merge with the machine, I'm going to be a useless human, I mean, w would I not send my security to go choke that guy out? So it tells you that they believe they're going to transcend to some higher level. Or something like that. They have to believe that because they wouldn't let a guy like that say that. Or they believe that somehow they are free and clear of being turned into some cyborg machine 
Uh, and they're only going to do that to the rest of us. They're only going to enslave the rest of us. All right, let's continue here. And mm-hmm. should you and shouldn't you, uh, leading off with this, this particular vignette, brings up a lot of very difficult and sticky issues right out of the gate. That's spot on, Peter. And the other thing I would say, um, in starting off with this one too, is that it brings up questions of, you mentioned, sort of the level of invasiveness, right? So this is something that we talked about, manipulations of the optic nerve itself, as opposed to just putting something in your eye to be able to see better. Okay, so now what they're doing, again, they keep talking about the vignette. And again, up on the screen, we're on the ocular enhancements to imaging sight and situational awareness. And so now she starts to now play semantics and she's going to break this all down into whether or not they're going to manipulate the optic nerve or whether or not they're going to just give you an artificial lens. And as I mentioned earlier, some of this type of enhancement, like if they're going to give you a Hawkeye, is going to have to be wired into your brain and your brain will have to be manipulated because your brain is not the brain of a hawk. And so your brain will interpret this new lens differently than a hawk would. So then you get into all different types of enhancements they're going to have to make in order to augment you to see like a hawk. All right, let's continue. So that gets into a very, you know, a big question about what level of invasiveness people are willing to do. But then on the other side of it, if, if you don't have vision, that is probably something you'd be willing to do. Um, the other. Okay, again, so she repeats what Dr. Peter Emanuel said, that if you don't have vision, all right, so if they take a poor blind guy, and they say, we're going to enhance you, but you're going to end up seeing like a hawk. He's going to be more willing to do it than if they came to me or you. If we served in the military and they said, hey, we want to put hawk lenses on you so that we can strap you up with a hang glider suit and uh, throw you from the top of the mountain. And you're going to hang, li- hang glide across and be able to see like a hawk 40 miles away and then report back to us. But the normal person may say, nah, not really into that. But the guy who's blind may say, especially if you coerce him into it, this is the only way we can save your eyes to make you see like a hawk. He may be more willing to say yes to that type of invasive surgery. The issue is, do these enhancements give someone an ability, don't just augment an existing ability. Okay, I can see, you know, 2015 now instead of you know 2050. But it gives someone a capability that they can't, that is not normally the eye is not capable of, right? Um, So it takes you beyond what you could normally do, not just making that better, but making it beyond something that that is just better. Our colleague... Right, so they're talking about engineering the eyes of a person into what would be a Marvel superhero superpower, okay? Let's continue. Anio actually uh, clarified it this way in, in his discussions. He said... If you are injured and you lose function and then you bring it back with a, a cyborg, that's an enhancement of that loss. But if you go beyond the normal baseline, that's an augmentation. Okay, so let's repeat that because that's important and just I think you should take note of that, all right? Let's repeat what Dr. Peter Emanuel just said. Donio actually uh, clarified it this way in, in his discussions. He said... If you are injured and you lose function and then you bring it back with a a cyborg, that's an enhancement of... Okay, so if you lose function and then they bring back that function using some side of, uh, you know, merger with a cyborg technology, okay, then that would be an enhancement. Let's continue. That loss. 
But if you go beyond the normal baseline, that's an augmentation. Okay. And then if you go beyond the baseline, that's an augmentation. So what he's saying there, for instance, folks, is that let's say you lost your arm and then they give you a robotic arm that let's say can do what your current arm can that they would consider to be an enhancement but if they give you a robotic arm that can crush steel or that can rip somebody's head off or that can shoot flames out of it or they can shoot uh, laser beams out of it like iron man's hand that would be an augmentation all right, so if they restore, if you have traumatic brain injury and they restore function in that, let's say uh, something happens to your brain and so you can't move your left leg anymore, you walk with a limp or you need crutches. Well, if they restore your ability to move your leg through an enhancement to your brain, they'd call that an enhancement. But if they gave you superpowers with your brain, like to read people's minds, that would be an augmentation. So folks, I think this is a great place to leave this. You picked up a lot of intelligence here. You have now an understanding of what DARPA is doing with all the brain machine interface technology. You've got an idea, clear idea who Dr. Peter Manuel and Dr. Diane Duilius are, where they come from, how instrumental they are in the government. And now you've started to hear them explain the cyber super soldier 2050 paper the cyborg soldier 2050 paper and so we're getting into this now the discussion of what can be done you understand they're on board with fourth industrial revolution you understand that the technologies exist it's just a matter of how they will implement them and how far they should go with them so folks let's leave it right there when we get back on the next episode episode 47 we are going to finish up this podcast because there's so much in it folks so much intelligence embedded in this podcast and then we're going to move on to the next one and look at it from the side of the phony fraud folks that are supposed to be focused on the ethics, even though you'll see they've already accepted that this is 100% inevitable. We are moving into a technocratic prison planet, and they are going to engineer humanity out of existence. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to engineer myself out of existence just temporarily. This is Dustin Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, and this is pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer computer-generated dream world, built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.